Praise God. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. All right. Uh, I have to say this. I've missed everyone so much. Uh, missed physical gatherings so much. And we're trusting God that very soon we will be able to gather together physically once again. But do not undermine the experience you're having right now. Do not imagine that you need to be in the same proximity to be blessed. No, no, no. Right there in the comfort of your homes, the word of God is able to reach you and is able to change you forever. Praise God. I said praise God. Okay, so I believe you have your notepads out if you're old school like me or you have your smart devices, um, your iPads or however you intend to follow this evening. Praise God. Um, last week, Wednesday, we started a conversation on the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about it being a family affair. God's plan for his children is the promise of the Spirit for his family. And that isn't an exclusive statement. It isn't a statement that should make you feel left out. It is an inclusive, ever-increasing family. And there is room for you in that family if you are not already a part of that family. Praise God. I said praise God. All right. So just to recap um, some of the thoughts from last week. We said um, that the Holy Spirit is not a new invention. Um, God didn't just innovate or create the Holy Spirit for the end time church. All right. The Holy Spirit has always been there from the beginning. Always been there from the beginning. And this evening, all right, we're going to go a bit deeper in our conversation about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be taking it, all right, from the move or the dimensions of the Spirit in the old covenant, all right? And then next week, I believe, we'll look at the dimension of the Spirit in the new covenant, all right? And then we'll pick it up from there. It's going to be an amazing series. If you missed last week, Wednesday, please look for it. Look for it, all right? And you can catch up with what we're doing today, all right? But wherever you are, I'm sure you will still be blessed. It's an ongoing, fluid conversation. Praise God. I said, praise God. Okay, let's go to Joel. Um, let's go to Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. This is going to be our scripture for today and for next week, Wednesday, by God's grace. Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. There's an important prophecy there, and I'm reading from the King James Version uh, because it gives us uh, a bit of information that is very easy to miss, uh, but is very, very critical to our conversation. Praise God. All right, it says, be glad then, be glad. All right, we, we literally could just stop there. <laughs> and the, the rest of the time left for, for today's service, we could just use it dancing and use it rejoicing and we will still be on point because that is what the Bible says to do. It says, be glad then, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. You don't just read this and just gloss over and say, okay, let's get to the meat of it. This is the meat of it, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. All right, so it says, be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. Now, why are we rejoicing in the Lord our God? Why are we rejoicing? You remember that Paul, the apostle, he kept on writing from prison, from prison, all right, to people who were meant to be free, 
All right, and he in prison who needed encouragement or who should have needed encouragement kept on telling the people outside, says, rejoice, rejoice. And again, I say unto you, rejoice. Again, I say unto you, rejoice. Again, I say unto you, rejoice. And that is the word of God for someone listening this evening. Do not be discouraged by the news. Do not be discouraged by the statistics. Do not be discouraged by the forecasts. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Praise God. All right, so let's come back to our conversation about the ministry of the Spirit. It says, be glad. Children of Zion, rejoice in the Lord your God. It says, for he has given you the former rain moderately. Someone say moderately. Because all of what we will be talking about today is a moderate dimension of the rain. And I want you to see the, the metaphor being used by Prophet Joel, all right, as a biblical metaphor for the rain, a pouring out of God's spirit. All right? So he says that he has given you the former rain moderately. Hmm. He says, and he will cause to come down for you the rain. Somebody said the rain. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. So the prophet Joel here is saying, and I'm hoping someone is getting this, is speaking metaphorically, saying that there is an outpouring of the spirit in its former dimension in the old covenant the dimension of that outpouring was moderate. It was the Spirit of God upon, not the Spirit of God within. All right? And then it says that rejoice. This should make you dance because everything you saw in the old was just moderate. Glory to God. I think that should get someone excited. That everything we see, the exploits and the great things done by the fathers and the patriarchs and the prophets and all of those things we read about from Genesis, all right, to Malachi. All of those wonderful records of things done by the Spirit, all right, he calls them moderate. Woo! I want to dance. He says moderate. Moderate. No, just think about that for a minute. Moderate. And this is why I use the old King James. Some version says faithfully. All right? They don't give you the gravity that he's talking about moderate. It was just sprinkles. God was just literally, it was, it was sprinkling the thing. All right? Woo! It says moderately. And he talks about the latter rain. The latter rain. We will come to the latter rain. All right? Because we've had the latter rain. We've had it. The outpouring of the Spirit. All right? That was fulfilled when the apostle Peter quoted back Joel in Acts chapter 2. All right? And we are living in the time of the rain. Glory to God. And what does the time of the rain mean? It says in terms of anyhow you want to measure it. In exploits, in quantity, in quality, however you want to measure it. It's going to be a combination of the former rain and the latter rain. Glory to God. Wherever you are, can you just echo with me again that these are the days... Of his power. I need you to say it and believe it. These are the days of his power. Praise God. So if the dimension of the spirit we will see in our time. In the season of the rain. Will be a combination of the former rain. And of the latter rain. 
all right, in exponential, unimaginable levels, then it's important for us to see what those who had moderate rain did. All right, we'll see what those who had the latter rain achieved. And then we can now begin to, to imagine the possibilities hmm, by his spirit. Praise God. Praise God. I mean, if it's just one person that will catch this word, I will run with it. One, one per nation is enough. One on fire, on, on moderate, former, latter, combined in a, I mean, nuclear reaction will not be able to handle the gravity. One per nation is, is, is already enough. And imagine God telling us, he told us as a church here in KICC, all right, at the beginning of the year, he says he's raising a great army of a people of power. And I believe strongly that if one for the whole of Canada is too much, imagine a church, all right, where you have an army filled with power. It is my prayer. That's many under the sound of my voice. That unction will rest upon you. That unction will rest upon you. The days of sleep are over. The days of life as usual are over. These are the days of his power. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Okay. So let's look into this. Let's look into this. Um, so part of the things we said last week, that the Holy Spirit was there from the beginning. It was there from the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. It's scripture you are familiar with. God was there from the beginning. The Holy Spirit was there right from the very beginning. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. All right. We also saw from Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 that God had formed the man out of the dust. Now, follow me. We are building here. God had formed the man out of the dust. So there was something, there was something called man, all right? But that something couldn't be reckoned with as a living spirit until the breath of God came into that entity and then man became a living, speaking spirit. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Praise God. A living being. Praise God. All right. So the, the first question we want to answer this evening is that what exactly happened at the fall? What exactly happened at the fall? Now, many things happened at the fall. I, I won't attempt to suggest to you that what we're about to talk about is an exhaustive list of all what happened. And, and it's important for believers to understand this by the Spirit, that anytime we meet things in Scripture that we can count, we are only being shown a reasonable, workable substance for our existence. It is never exhaustive. All right? It is never exhaustive. Why am I saying that? In the coming Wednesdays, by God's grace, we'll be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. All right? And by the time we go through the ones mentioned by the Apostle Paul, you will think that those are all the gifts of the Spirit. Only for you to, by the Spirit, begin to realize that those were the, that, that, that list was what Paul was restricted by the Spirit to discuss with the Corinthians church. And that in our days, we will see manifestations of dimensions of giftings that you cannot attach to any of the gifts as listed in Paul's epistle to the Corinthians. Praise God. Praise God. I just thought I should put that out there. So we're going to be talking about three things that happened at the fall. 
three things that happened at the fall. And this understanding of these three things will help us see what exactly happened to man. And how the promise of God's spirit isn't just a restoration back to the old, but a creation of a new entity, a new species as it were, a new creation that is empowered by the spirit to bring forth amazing manifestations of the spirit in this time and in this season. Praise God. I said, praise God. All right. All right. I feel like asking another question. So this is a question within a question. I think I should just ask because it's a, it's a million dollar question. It's a billion dollar question. It's, it's, it's um, a question that some of the greatest minds have attempted to answer for decades and centuries. And, and the question is, who are you? Who are you? All right. And it's not a trick question. Some, some, some of you are ready. Oh, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know who I am. I am, I am the head and not the tail. All right. That, if, if I ask you who are you and you tell me you are the head and not the tail, then you've answered who you are and who you are not. Actually, you've answered what you are, not who you are. All right. So it's a big question, the, the question of identity. It's a deeply philosophical, existential question. All right. And we're not attempting to answer that today. I'm not, I'm not asking so that you can answer. But the reason why I'm asking is I want us to have a, a quick mental um, examination of who really is the man. Is it the spirit of the man? Is it the body of the man? All right. Some have said things like we are um, the man, man is spirit, soul, and body, all right? And, and so, so which one is the real man, all right? And someone, some have said the real man is the spirit of the man and the soul, all right? Oh, a lot, a lot of stuff there, all right? So I just wanted to have that conversation to see that essentially God's investment, and I need you to hear this, God's investment prioritizes that your existence as a matter of life is your spirit and that your legitimacy or pardon my, my, my French, you know, some of these words you are trying to bring them out and you are using bad grammar, all right? But for, 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 for that spirit man, now this is also not gender-based, but for that spirit being, all right, to have operations in this dimension of time, that spirit being like a suit, all right, like like a dressing, we'll need a body to function in, all right? And that body is also important. That body is important. Now, the reason why I'm saying this at this point is we will be talking about something called the flesh. And I do not want you to imagine that when the Bible, especially in the New Testament, talks about flesh, is referring to your body, all right? It is not your body as your body like your skin, all right? And we have people who are obsessed with their body. They spend so much time investing in their body at the detriment of their spirit. Now, listen to me. God all through, I'm almost preaching another sermon here, all right? But God all through the shadow, all through the old covenant, suggested to us that he places premium on our bodies. And many times we as believers do not appreciate the premium that God places on our bodies. So we have dealt with it carelessly and very unstewardly. All right? We have dealt with it as something worthless. 
And God is saying no. And the enemy knows this, which is the only reason why our bodies are often very attacked by the enemy by sickness and disease. Because no matter the capacity of your spirit man to take the whole nations of the earth, to take Canada, to take North America, no matter that capacity, you will need a body to be in to be able to do that on the earth. Are you following me this evening? All right, you are going to need to be in a body to be able to do all of that on the earth. So the enemy sees that and is attacking your body. He's attacking your body, which is why we must not permit it. We already have the victory in Christ Jesus. There is no room for infirmity in the body. Now, I'm not even talking about the spirit. In the body of any child of God, there is no permission. All right? Every time you read, it's amazing. Every time you read about God's, God's, God's construct in the shadow of, of his temple. Now, the Bible tells us that God's desire is to dwell in us. Now, we are beginning to tie this together gradually. God's desire is to dwell in us. The only temple God was ever interested in is you. But when it was time for him to give a shadow of that temple in the old covenant, he would insist on the material that that shadow should be made of. He picked the most precious material known to man on this side. He picked gold. He picked precious things to adorn the temple, not because it was a narcissistic God, but to point to you that that is how he sees your temple, even when you don't value it. And I say this, if you're a believer and you're living a reckless, unhealthy life and you claim you're speaking in tongues, you speak in tongues for 10 hours and you eat burger for 10 hours, you don't exercise, you don't keep fit, I'm passing pastor, get back to the message. Don't attack us. Don't attack us. Praise God. Praise God. I'm not attacking you, all right? But part of fulfilling your destiny in the earth is understanding the role of your body. There is a key role, and it is your duty, my duty, my duty, your duty to ensure that if God sees this as gold, as valuable, know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Don't you know? Temple, the shrine of the Holy Ghost, a special place of abode. All right, praise God. Praise God. I just have to say that quickly so that we can make that quick demarcation between what the Bible refers to as the body and flesh. All right. All right. So what happened at the fall? Let's go back. What happened at the fall? Three things that I want to mention um, that happened at the fall. Three things very quickly. Be mindful of our time. Number one thing that happened at the fall is that there was corruption of mankind. There was corruption of mankind. There was corruption of mankind. I didn't say of Adam. I didn't say of Eve. There was corruption of mankind. All right? At every level, there was corruption of the capacity of the body of mankind. There was corruption at the capacity of the soul of mankind. There was corruption at the capacity of the spirit of mankind. All right? All right, and I need you to, to get that quickly. I'll give us scriptures as we go along. Um, Genesis chapter 6. And I'm jumping some scripture. Genesis chapter 6. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. We'll come back. We'll come back to this. Genesis chapter 6, verse, verse 3. Yes, let's read verse 3. Genesis 6, 6, verse 3. And then we will go back to John 16 and Romans 8. Let's see Genesis chapter 6 first. Genesis chapter 6. All right, and the Lord said, 
My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. All right? So this is a scripture that shows us what molecular biologists or scientists will call a, because remember, what called man into existence was the word of God. It was the word of God. So the word of God had come, all right, and had reset the genetic potential of the human, all right, to 120 years, all right? But that's not even the key. It's not about the duration. The key here is that God is saying here, and the Lord said, my spirit, remember, that's our focus. My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. So the concept here is that the moment you take my spirit out of the spirit of man, what is left there is a, is a powerful being. A, I don't want to say being. A very powerful entity. Follow me. That is scripturally referred to as the flesh. And in the same way as we have possibilities by the Spirit of God, there are also possibilities of the flesh. I need you to get this. Such that we can say that the fallen man, the unregenerated spirit, which is the spirit at work in the sons of disobedience, all right? For as many who have not been born again, which is the majority of our existence, the majority of the people you will meet have a spirit on their inside that is not regenerated, which is why, dear child of God, sometimes you shouldn't be shocked by what unbelievers do. You shouldn't be shocked by what unbelievers do. When you see a swimmer, an Olympic gold medalist swimmer swimming, you don't go like, oh, wow. She's, she's, oh, wow. She swims. No, we don't go, she swims. So she's a swimmer. When a sinner sins, we don't go, oh, such a big sin. No, a sinner sins. <laughs> Glory to God. But when we see a believer not believing, then we can express shock. Then we can be worried. Praise God. Praise God. Please follow me. I don't want to miss you. I don't want you to... Um, to miss the flow and the conversation, all right? So there was a corruption of mankind and mankind's potential at all levels, all right? The second thing that happened, and this is not in any particular order, is that there was spiritual death. There was actually spiritual death at the fall. How do I know there was spiritual death? Because God said so. Because God said so. Genesis chapter 2, verse 17 Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. If God says it, then it is true. Now, the expectation of Adam or the expectation of Eve or the expectation that the serpent had suggested to them that if God is saying that when you do this thing and you die, what it means is you are meant to drop dead. All right? But God is saying, no, no, no. There is still a body, a suit that can function. There is still a spirit in man that is not my spirit, but anything that is not my spirit is death. All right? And that is what spiritual death is. A disconnection from the spirit of God. A disconnection from the spirit of God. And that is what happened to Adam and to Eve and to mankind, essentially. 
the spirit of man, the unregenerated spirit of man, the fallen spirit of man lost its ability to, to accommodate an indwelling of the spirit of God. I need you to get that. I need you to get that. All right. And what was left, that force that was left on the inside of man is what we refer to as the flesh. So as we read some scriptures and you begin to see flesh, stop thinking about your body, whether it's brown-skinned or yellow-skinned or light-skinned or white-skinned or blue-skinned. No, no, no. We are talking about the force on the inside, all right, that is unregenerated, that is not bought, not redeemed, not filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God. I hope it's not getting muddled up. Praise God. All right, so there was a corruption of mankind across all, all levels, genetically, physically. In all ways, there was a corruption, a reduction in potential. All right? Um, there was spiritual death. Genesis 2.17, it's there. It says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Somebody say, surely die. Somebody say, surely die. All right, and this is a scripture that explains everybody that you know that is not born again. It is not a nice statement to make. It doesn't sound inclusive. It doesn't sound politically correct. It's not. The, it's the kind of of statement someone can just cut out this segment and post it on Twitter and say this this guy doesn't know what he's saying. He's saying if we don't have Jesus, we're all dead. All right, but I didn't say so. Disclaimer. Mm -mm. The word said so. Praise God. Praise God. And it's a good thing to post the word on social media, anyways. It's good. Let the word trend. All right. It says, For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. All right. So there is a state of spiritual death that it won't look like it in the physical. In fact, you might look more handsome. You might look more beautiful. You might look more lavish. You might just buy a new Tesla. Or you might just move into a new house. You might have just bought something really expensive. It doesn't nullify the fact that that spirit is dead. Hmm. Praise God. All right. And one of the other things that happened at the fall, the, three, the third one we want to consider uh, for the purpose of today's study, as I said, is not an exhaustive list of everything that happened at the fall, all right, is that there was also a corruption of creation. There was also a corruption of creation. There was also a corruption of creation. All right. And what do I mean by creation? The things, the 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 climate, the the ozone layer, the, the gases, the stratosphere, the, the earth, the soil, the trees, the animals, all right. They also had a, a, a gross loss of capacities and potentials. All right. It was a huge spiritual event. All right. I, I, I don't know if there was any physical change. Maybe as they ate it, there was any, you know, like in the movies, like there was, I don't know if there was a soundtrack. I don't know if there was any physical backing to show that man just did something major. But whether or not there was, we know that that decision had su super consequences. All right. And there was also a reduction in the capacity of creation, all right? And this right here, this singular point, we could literally stay here. It answers the question that many ask. Now why is there so much evil in our world? Why is there a God in heaven and there's so much evil in our world? Why do we have earthquakes? 
Why do we have volcanic um, eruptions? Why do we have hailstones? Why do we have um, um, wildfires? What, what's, what's going on with climate change? What's, what's wrong with the depletion? Is, is it true that there will be a time when our planet will be inhabitable? All right, all these questions. Why, why do we have accidents? Why do we have plane crashes? Why, you know, a lot of whys and all these questions that many ask, all right? It is because we are living in a falling world. We are living in a falling world. And as man is going to be restored in a full place, all right? The Bible tells us there is a promise for creation also. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, all right? So if you want to see God's goodness, this is my invitation to you. Come check out the new earth. Can you imagine an earth where there's no sickness, where there's no disease, there's no climate change, the ozone layer is not depleted, there are no earthquakes? Someone is saying, is that possible? Come and see. Come taste and see. Praise God. I said, praise God. Praise God. All right, let's go to John 16, verse 7, and let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 13. John chapter 16, verse 7, Romans 8, and verse 13. The reason why we are talking about this is because um, it is true that the existence of man is essentially spiritual. The activity of that spirit on the earth will require him to have a body, all right, and the bridge in between the body and the spirit will be a, 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 a bridge existence which we refer to as the soul, all right? And that at the fall of man, what the spirit of man lost was an ability to indwell or to cohabit with the spirit of God. And what was left on that side is what we will call the flesh. And that there still exists a bridge between that flesh and the body. All right, and that flesh will lead the body to do things. All right, which is why I think there used to be a. I don't know if it's still on TV. Please pardon me. I don't. I don't really. I'm not really into TV. But back in the days, there, there used to be. I think there's still a lot of them. Some crime, crime programs and detective series on TV. Please, I, I know I sound awkward right now. So people are like, he's meant to be a young pastor, and he doesn't know. Please pardon me. I know a lot of other things, but TV. Not, my, not particularly my strength. I'm not judging you. It's fine to know TV. All right. But crimes, and you're, and you're wondering, you hear the story of someone that did something, and sometimes it's mind-blowing, the, the, the depth of evil that the human spirit is capable of. All right. It's mind-blowing sometimes. It's it, it, just the way the Bible says, the heart of a man, the, the heart of a man, reads that as the flesh, the unregenerated spirit is desperately wicked desperately wicked, desperately, evil that you cannot imagine, unthinkable things. I am wondering, these are psychopaths. We give them names, psychopaths, sociopaths. We, 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 we look for big names and we try to punish them with a legal system, not understanding that there is a bigger problem at play in them. There is a bigger problem at play in them. Praise God. I said, praise God. All right, John chapter 16, verse 7. John chapter 16, verse 7. So this is Jesus who, towards the end of his physical ministry on the earth, was having a conversation with his disciples. And he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. Somebody say, it is to my advantage. Someone is not getting that. Now, when Jesus says something is your advantage, you better let it sink in. 
It is to my advantage. It is to your advantage. He says that I go away. Not that I am leaving you. He's saying that my physical, physical existence on the surface of the earth needs, all right, to leave. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Praise God. I said, praise God. So the Holy Spirit is to our advantage. Dear child of God, if indeed you have the Spirit of God, it is to your advantage. All right? I, I'm saying it, meaning having the Spirit. The Spirit, E, is a personality to your advantage. Praise God. Praise God. It means I have an advantage. In my place of work, I have an advantage. In my school, I have an advantage. In being a husband, I have an advantage. By the Spirit of God, in being a father, I have an advantage. By the Spirit of God, your consciousness as a believer is that you have an advantage. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Romans chapter 8 verse 13. Romans chapter 8 verse 13. As we begin to see, do not forget we started from Joel 2.23. Romans chapter 8 verse 13. It says, if you live according to the flesh. So, can you see here now that... This is, this is a solid scripture that brings to life what we've been talking about. This scripture has the three words we've talked about. There's flesh, there's spirit, and there's body. All right? And I, I, I just want you to see the flesh as that force, all right, in the inside of the unregenerated man, and that force that has been mortified, mortified in the born-again believer. That flesh has been mortified, meaning that the expression of our spirit for the believer should be the spirit of God. And we're going to see scriptures about that. Now, what, what that puts, am I jumping the gun? What that puts in the hands of the believer, now let's put it this way, in the dimension of the spirit, there is a mortified flesh. And there is the spirit. And for the believer, for the spiritual believer, all right, not the carnal Christian, all right, as Paul puts it, it is those who are led by the spirit, not led by the flesh. Those are the ones that are the sons of God. So he's saying, yes, you are born again. You are born again. You can have the spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God will not bully you like a demon. The Spirit of God won't just make you get up and start studying your Bible. The Spirit of God won't do that. Someone will say, oh, it would have been nice if the Spirit of God did that. No, God doesn't roll that way. He's looking for a relationship that is chosen, not a relationship that is forced. It will no longer be worship the moment it is robotic. Hmm. I can choose to do something else, but I'm choosing to spend time with him. Then that is worship. All right? Someone in there to hear that. Praise God. All right, so if you live according to the flesh, it says you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Praise God. I said praise God. All right, all right. So let's begin to tie all of this together. Let's begin to tie all of this together. 
um, at the fall, man lost his capacity to have that indwelling of the Spirit. God, as a matter of restoration in his love and his mercy, said, my family, do not forget from last week, will not be able to survive without my spirit. Therefore, I will need to release my spirit to my family. Follow me? So in order to release, we are tying all of this together now, all right? In order for me to release my spirit to my family, I'm going to first give them the former rain. I will give them moderately. It will be the spirit upon. The flesh is still there. Remember, the flesh is still there. These are people who do not have the capacity to be born again. All right, the flesh is still there, but I can put my spirit upon them. And by my spirit upon them, they can do certain things by my spirit. All right, but the flesh is there. All right, in the former reign. He's saying then, I will give them the latter reign, all right, where by virtue of the finished work of my son and by that perfect sacrifice, all right, now that spirit can be reborn, regenerated. It, it's the same conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. He says, except a man be born again. Nicodemus is saying, no, 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 a man can't be born again. And Jesus says, yeah, well, you're correct. In the flesh, you're correct. In the spirit, a man can be born again, irrespective of his age, irrespective of his size, because this is not something in the realm of the physical. It's possible for that spirit to be regenerated by the spirit of God. All right, so we have that possibility of the latter reign, and by my spirit, not only will my spirit be upon, now my spirit can be within them. And by my indwelling spirits, there are exploits that they can do. All right. And the prophecy of Joel tells us that there is now a dimension called the rain, which I believe is the time that we are living in now, that exploits that were done by the former rain with the spirit upon, exploits that were done with the later rain with the spirit within, that for such a time as this, as we approach the winding up, all right, of of, of this existence on this side of eternity is saying that they will need a combination. They will need a combination of the rain. It's going to be a combination of the former rain, a combination of the latter rain, producing a mighty, unprecedented move of his spirit. Come on, wherever you are, you can say, these are the days of his power. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Okay, let's read two more scriptures. This flesh conversation, um, I need it to sink in. And then we'll look at the dimensions of the spirit upon. Now, why are we looking at the dimensions of the spirit upon? I'm going to tell, tell you two reasons why we are looking at the dimension of the spirit upon. Two reasons. All right, I alluded to the first one already. But let's go very quickly to, let's go to Romans 8 first. I don't think we've read Romans 8 from verse 18 to 21. Let's look at Romans 8 from verse 18 to 21. Yes. No, let's go back to 18. All right. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, all right, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Hmm. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creation, all right, this is, this is the pointer to us that it wasn't just mankind that fell. There was something that happened to creation also. All right, creation also is 
eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Remember, those who are led by the Spirit of God. Verse 20. It says, for the creation was subjected to futility. That's a good way to capture what happened. It says, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. 21. It says, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. All right. So you can see that these things are not just cooked up. This is the word of God. 22. Oh, is it 21 we said we'll stop? Okay, okay, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. So we can see that the scripture telling us that creation also experienced its own version of corruption. Romans 8 is such a sweet, sweet chapter. You, you will be tempted to, to read one verse. You find yourself reading um, the whole thing. Praise God. Praise God. All right, so why are we talking about the former reign and why are we talking about the spirit upon? Two reasons. The first reason is because what we are going to see in this time of the rain is a combination of the possibilities of the spirit upon and the spirit within. We're seeing a fusion, all right, a, a nuclear fusion. Permit me to use that um, um, analogy. A nuclear coming together, a powerful, uh, a, 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 I mean, for me to say powerful is an understatement. A ridiculously I, I, I run out of words. It, it's a coming together like never before of the former and the latter to produce what will be the end time move of the spirit. Oh, and I know God is going to show off. He's going to show off with us in this season. He's saying, I'm wrapping it up now. I'm wrapping it up now. All right. You, you, literally after this, this, the spirit of God is finally going to... So it's time to show up now. It's, it's, it's literally going to... God wants to show off his glory and he's looking for vessels. He's recruiting in his army those who will take this, 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 this possibilities of, of the spirit upon, the spirit within, and will do exploits by his spirit. Praise God. Praise God. All right. So that's the first reason. The second reason why we are looking at it is for you to gauge your expectations. So that, for instance, when you see someone in this season raising the dead, you know that this is part of the package. Hmm. You know that it's part of it. We won't, we won't now do, I mean, we are going to be grateful, do, do not get me wrong. We are going to give God all the glory, but that is what we will do every day. Anyways, alright, we are going to be grateful, but we are not going to park there and say, we've seen one body raised. They will now park there. God is saying, one, one, that's, that's former rain stuff. Former rain stuff. And then we get ourselves together and say, oh yes, yes. There's more. There's more. I love that. There's more. I said there is more. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, it's amazing. Um, I don't know about you, but if you have an African parent, alright. I don't know about you. A typical African parent might buy maybe the latest phone. Maybe the latest iPhone or the latest Android phone. And you, you've watched videos of this phone. All right, you've seen what the phone can do. All right, you've, you've seen that this phone, you know, it has holographic capabilities. This phone has amazing things that it does. All right, it just has great things that this phone can do. And you've been dreaming about the phone, and one day daddy just gets back home, or mommy comes back home, and just open your bag. Oh, I have a new phone. Please come help me transfer my contacts and put my SIM. And you're like, Are you kidding me? 
Mom, is this your phone? Or Dad, is this your phone? Do you know what this phone can do? And then you start boasting. Oh, this phone can do this. This phone can do this. This phone can... And you are really not what it can do. <laughs> the typical African man is just looking at you. It's my SIM card. Let me call and send. send Does he have WhatsApp? <laughs> oh, my. I need to be more serious. Praise God. I said, praise God. So they were just easy to send text message, make phone calls, do WhatsApp. Please, it's not WhatsApp, please. And I know our parents will never agree, which is absolutely fine. It is what it is. Praise God. All right. But in their mind, they've decided what they will do, irrespective of what that device can do. In the same way, you find the believer saying, ah, I have the Spirit of God. I can speak in tongues. I'm good. And you find people, they are just there. Doing no exploits by the Spirit. Absolutely not. There's no demand. There's no expectation. All right. So we are going into this conversation for you to see that there is possibilities of the former rain. Next week, by God's grace, possibilities of the latter rain. In our times, the rain. The rain. The mighty move of His Spirit. A mighty move of His power. An unprecedented dimension of the Spirit as the curtains close. And God is going to show off His power. Which is why, dear child of God, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The enemy is not the only one that has plans for the end times. People are hearing about a new world order and they are hearing about some secret this, secret that, and now they are going to force people to do this, force people to do that. Hmm. Child of God, it is not only the devil that has plans for the last days. God has plans for the last days. So don't be afraid. Come and say to yourself, I am not afraid. You don't believe it yet. You've seen too many videos on YouTube. Too many conspiracy theories. Alright? Say, I am not afraid. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can you just take 10 seconds wherever you are just to pray in the spirit? Just 10 seconds. I will continue. 10 seconds. Thank you, Jesus. Alright. Praise God. I didn't count. I didn't count. If it was not 10, it's fine. Praise God. All right. So, we are now going to consider a few examples um, of the dimensions of the Spirit upon. Can you give us Colossians chapter 3? Let's read 1 to 5. Let's read Galatians 5, 16. All right. Let's read those first and then we'll go Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1 to 5. This is Colossians 2. All right. Verse 1. Colossians chapter 3. From verse 1 to 5, and then we'll go to Galatians 5, all right? So that you do not assume that spirit void, I think the best way to put it, so I don't, it doesn't sound too confusing to you, is that the spirit void in a man is never vacant. There is never a time when there is an absence, all right? What you have there, if it is not the spirit of God, you find the activity of a powerful force there referred to in scriptures as the flesh. All right. I, I understand there, there is also a room for demonic possession. All right. And it's important for you, dear child of God, to understand also that if you are blood bought, spirit, spirit filled, all right, you've been paid for with a price. I, 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 don't, I don't know about you. All right. But I can't buy and pay for a house and something else. Not just a random something else, but a confirmed enemy is what is living in the house. It is not permitted. If it is there, then the one I gave the house to doesn't know who they are. Do you understand? 
So it is, it is practically, now someone is saying, Pastor, let's focus on the message. Yes, we'll focus on the message. But just to balance that thought out, it is possible for a believer to make decisions in an atmosphere that is influenced by demonic thinking and demonic principles. All right. But as a matter of possession, you don't, you don't understand who paid your price. Okay. Colossians 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2. We'll read it all the way to 5. It says, set your mind. Now this is the realm of the soul. I wish we had time to explain this. The bridge between the body and the spirit. It says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Verse 3. It says, for you died. Now, of course, he's talking to people who can hear. So, technically, they are alive. But he's saying you died. Talking about there is your, your, your unregenerated existence. Your flesh is dead. All right? But because we are still in this tent, it is dead, but it is there. I don't, I don't know if you are getting this. Are you getting this? I know if you tell me, I will, I will hear you, I will see you, all right? I'm seeing multiple faces and multiple people. It is dead, but it is there. It is dead, but you can feed it. It says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4, when Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. All right. Verse 5, therefore put to death. Can you see that? It says you died. Now it says put to death. That is because we can feed the flesh. And we can feed the spirit. You are going to choose. Put to death your members which are on the earth. Now he talks about that. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Praise God. Praise God. Let's balance that with Galatians chapter 5. Let's see from verse 16 to 21. This is still an introduction. It's amazing how, how the time has flown. And I'll just walk us through some of the things that was done by the Spirit upon Galatians 5, 16. We're going to come back to Galatians 5 when it's time to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. All right. It says, I say then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17, it says, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit. Now remember, this flesh is dead. But it is there. Are you getting this? It is dead it is there. We can feed it. We can give it activities of something that is alive, but it is dead. For the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Let's keep on going up to 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, 
revelry, and the like, of which I tell you before, and just as I told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Praise God. Praise God. I hope you have been blessed so far. These are dimensions of the flesh. Very quickly, let's see. Possibilities of the Spirit of God upon. Possibilities of the Spirit of God upon. Remember, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Covenant, the maximum expression of the Holy Spirit before Christ, before that sacrifice was made, before we were brought back, before what we handed over to the devil was legally collected, all right, and restored back. All that the Spirit of God could do in the Old Covenant was to come upon the former reign. And let's see what these guys did with the former reign so that we can begin to set expectations for ourselves in this season. What are the possibilities, my brother, my sister? What are the possibilities? What are the exploits that we can do in this season? Praise God. Praise God. So let's start from Genesis. We'll go to Exodus. Someone said left because numbers. We will sleep here. All right. We won't go book by book. We'll just pick a few, pick a few, and then we'll round up and we pray. We'll continue next week by God's grace. Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. Genesis 41, 38. We are familiar with this story. This is the story of Joseph, who had been called upon by Pharaoh to interpret um, the dream that Pharaoh had. All right. And 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 if you were to read the verse before this, he says that what Joseph had said, it pleased Pharaoh and his servants. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants such that Pharaoh now made this conclusion. And Pharaoh said to his servants, by servants here, he's talking to about his advisors, policy advisors, his ministers, ministers of works now, seeing ministers of agriculture, ministers of social services, ministers, all sorts. It was a sophisticated empire. And Pharaoh said to all his servants, can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the Spirit of God. Praise God. So we see here, by the Spirit upon, by the Spirit upon, Joseph brought interpretation. He brought leadership. He brought direction, not just to a nation, but to the world in a difficult time of recession, the former reign. And it is my prayer that someone under the sound of my voice will arise as a solution provider. Someone, oh, you're not getting it. I said you will arise as a solution provider that the demonic people in your office will bow. They will bow and say, this is superior intelligence. I need to turn to, I need to, turn to somewhere else now. Someone else who is more serious. That, 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 the cabinets that have fought you, both physically and spiritually, there is a dimension of the Spirit of God, all right, that is coming upon you by His Spirit that you will bring solutions to your world. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. Glory to God. Exodus chapter 31 and verse 3. Exodus chapter 31 verse 3. Now, these are possibilities of the former reign. Remember, in our days, it's going to be a combination. A, a, a solid, terrible combination for exploits. He says, and I, this is God speaking to Moses. I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom in understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship. In this time of chaos, in this time of confusion, the world is crying out, we need innovation. We need innovation. We need innovation. It is my prayer for someone under the sound of my voice this evening that the grace of God that teaches wisdom, knowledge, and skill will rest upon you. It will rest upon your children. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Creative solutions, creative businesses, creative, creative interventions that will bring about mass deliverance. It will come to you. It will come to you during the day as an idea. It will come to you during the night as a dream. In the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. These are dimensions of the spirit upon. The spirit upon. Praise God. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 6. This one, I wanted to keep it, then I wanted to remove it. I wanted to keep it, I wanted to remove it. I'm sure it's on, it's on the screen. Yes. Okay, it's not yet. Okay, let's go to the next one. 1 Samuel 11, verse 6. 1 Samuel 11, verse 6. 1 Samuel 11, verse 6. I was not sure whether I should leave it or I should change it. And if you can see the scripture, yes. Yes. The NKJV puts it nicely. You know, there is no version of this scripture you will check that doesn't make it look somehow. It just looks somehow. You say, Pastor, the service is getting hot. You know, we are feeling the spirit. Now you are telling us to be angry. All right. What, what, what? So let's read it first. It says, Then the spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. Hmm. His anger was greatly aroused. So the Spirit of God came upon a man, and the man got angry. Eh. Mm. Mm. So, Pastor, what exactly are you saying? Let me tell you what exactly I'm saying. All right. Now, we know, just some background, Saul had just been anointed, announced, proclaimed king over Israel, and the acceptance level was still, you know, you, you know we have polls today that we, we kind of rate leaders, all right, popularity, acceptance ratings. So if you had done a popularity or a, a poll, king poll for Saul, it was the first, all right, of, of his kind in that dimension, all right, the, the ratings would have been low. We, 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 you know, we, we always wanted a king. Now we have a king, you know, we are still checking him out. He's checking us out. We're checking him out, all right. So he needed something to stamp his kingship. And he was just there, and news had come to him concerning the people of Jabesh. All right, a major enemy had come and surrounded. You can read it. These are, I, 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 I mean, the Bible is so interesting once it comes alive. It's so interesting. They had been surrounded and the people went to beg. They went to beg Nehash. And they said, you know what? Do not kill us. We will serve you. Just, we want peace. We will serve you. They are the king. And they already sent messages. They, will serve. they didn't want to tell the king. They had decided and said, we will serve you. We will serve you. All right, and the enemy said, "No, if you say you will serve me, I'm going to need to pluck out the right eye of every one of you to ensure that you are my servant, and I am deliberately going to humiliate you." That was the plan of the enemy, and it sounds to me like it is still the same plan of the enemy today, that he has, in a time like this, decided that I am going to embarrass them. I am going to bring them to shame. All this jumping, singing, and shouting they've been doing, I want to bring humiliation. But guess what? Guess what? Shame can never be our portion. Did you hear me? The enemy cannot embarrass us because God has glorified us. You saw it every read before. It says we are with Christ in God. We are beyond this pay grade. We are beyond this level. There is nothing he can do. So this was the news that came to Saul. And the Spirit of God stirred up something on his inside. The only English word that could describe it was anger. 
was rich. Praise God. And God gave him the victory. It is my prayer for someone under the sound of my voice this evening that the Spirit of God on your inside will raise you up as a defense. That what should have brought shame, what should have brought humiliation, what should have brought embarrassment, what should have brought disgrace, by the Spirit of God, you will be stirred up and you will be the voice of defense. You will be the voice of victory over the waves of the enemy, over the storms and the boisterous winds of the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, I said glory to God. Praise God. Former rain possibilities. Can you imagine? The spirit upon. Joshua chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. Joshua chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. He says, then Joshua spoke to the Lord. I love this verse. He says, Joshua spoke to the Lord. Joshua spoke to the Lord. The spirit of God was upon him. Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still. Woo! Over Gibeon and Moon in the valley of Aijalon. Verse 13. So the sons, I love this. So the sun stood still. And the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. He says, is this not written for you to verify? It is documented. The sun stood still in the midst of the heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. This is victory over elements. Victory over creation. You know, Jesus came and manifested this too. All right. It is my prayer. Someone under the sound of my voice, by the operations of the Spirit upon you, by the operations of the Spirit within you, as part of the move of the Spirit in these end times, you will demonstrate victory. Victory over creation. The Bible says, whatever Adam called it, that it bore. Whatever he said, it was what stood. As you begin to speak, your world will listen. Your world will listen. Animate objects will listen. Inanimate objects will listen. As far as they were created by the God of heaven. And we know the enemy created nothing. They will respond to your voice. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. Do you have time for a few more? Let's speed up now. These are possibilities. Um, we're doing this just to begin to, to gauge your hunger level, to gauge your expectation that if this is what I should be doing, I should just stop making calls and sending SMS. Don't forget our phone analogy. There is more to be done. There is more to be done. I mean, phones in the 80s could send texts and could make all smartphones in 2020 shouldn't be doing the same thing. There is a dimensions of the former reign Then I should place a demand to be able to bring more to my world. Praise God. Praise God. Judges chapter 13. Maybe we'll start moving fast now. Judges chapter 13. Alright. Uh, and I always say this about Samson. Alright. If you ask the average child in a Sunday school class um, to describe Samson, all right, you will be describing a macho man with muscles, you know, with, with six packs and with, you know, chiseled biceps and triceps and, and, you know, someone who can lift cars and, you know, do all sorts. All right. But the Bible teaches us otherwise. Um, because if I see a man um, who is well-built, remember the days of Rambo? Alright, you don't see Rambo and say, Rambo, tell me the secret of your power. You can see the secret of his power. It's his muscles. You can see it. So I'm sure Samson looked like a normal guy. You just walk to him. You think he's normal. 
all right, until there's a car to carry. <laughs> and it's the same way people will look at you. They will think you're normal, but they will know that there is a spirit at work in you that causes you to do the extraordinary. And you will do it with ease. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said you will do it with ease. In the mighty name of Jesus. All the prophets. All the prophets. And I love the book of Psalms because I do not take the book of Psalms as a book of songs. If you are reading the book of Psalms, like you are just reading poetry or songs, you are missing out. The book of Psalms are a strongly prophetic book. Strongly prophetic book. All the major prophets, all the minor prophets prophesied by the Spirit upon. They prophesied about a coming Messiah. They, they prophesied about days and things to come. Some of the things we are seeing in these last days, prophesied in Ezekiel, prophesied in Daniel, prophesied in Jeremiah, by virtue of the Spirit upon. How much more in our days and it is our, in our times. It is my prayer that prophetic oil will come upon you, that you will arise in this time. You will arise in power. You will arise in strength. You will arise in fervor. By the Spirit of God, exploits will be done by you. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Glory to God. We read about the exploits of Elijah. About the exploits of Elijah. Many things that he did. Many things, depending on how you count. All right, you count many miracles when they were alive. Many miracles. Elijah, even in his death, the bones of a man thrown on his tomb came back to life. Power, power upon, upon. Alright, so I want you to set your expectations right. Alright, because of our time, we just need to start wrapping up now that these are possibilities by the Spirit. God, your word is true. You are not a man that you should lie. You are not a man that you should lie. You are not a man that you should lie. You are not a man that you should lie. This is what your word says concerning me. I have seen what you did by virtue of your spirit upon I today. I've been blood but I have been redeemed. I have the spirit of God indwelling me. Therefore, I arise to exploits. I want that to be your prayer this evening. I arise to exploits. I arise to exploits. I know I have grossly limited. I have grossly underestimated. For some, you're saying I've fed my flesh too much. And what I have brought forth is exploits of the flesh. Ah, those days are over. Those days are over. Those days are over. By the Spirit of God, I begin to do exploits. By the Spirit, by the power of God at work in me, I begin to do exploits by the Spirit. Come on, don't be silent now. Don't be silent now. Don't be silent now. Don't be silent now. The Spirit man is voice activated. Creation is voice activated. Power is voice activated. You can't afford to be silent. You are going to say, Father, let there be a stirring up. Let there be a quickening. Let there be a quickening. Let there be a quickening. I refuse to speak in tongues and just continue as if nothing happened. Ah, my tongues are power. My tongues are power. I communicate mysteries. Like someone said, he said, tongues are the door. We need to go in. Tongues at the door. We need to go in. Beyond stirring up and building up ourselves. Uh, then we go in and we begin to do exploits. Say, Father, by virtue of your spirit upon me, by virtue of your spirit within me, I bring forth exploits. Exploits to my world. Exploits to my world. Exploits to my world. Uh, the dead rising. 
Solutions by the Spirit. Interpretation by the Spirit. Power. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom by His Spirit. By His Spirit. Dimensions never documented. That the sun, the moon, viruses, microorganisms will respond to this word. Hmm. Spirit of God is saying, starve your flesh and load up your spirit with his word. They starve your flesh and load up your spirit with his word. Starve your flesh. As many that are led by his spirit, they are sons. They are the sons. They are the sons. They are the sons. They are the ones that have the authority. They are the ones that the demons will hear and flee. That sickness will hear and jump out. Not the slaves, the sons, the sons, the sons, the sons, the sons. Male brika haukatoya bashakapie bekede. Me brika handa la kapasa payadala. Ma pre kelebo so paye kelegede bagayaba. Shabiga la bagadi yege sende giabo kalabaka yakata. Samri ene kia bra kanapi yakashamba legedea. I'm not there with you in your homes, but the Spirit of God is right there with you and He's doing the work. He's doing the work. He's doing the work. Malikraha bagajadeyaba. He's doing the work. There's someone you are physically sensing that you are coming alive. It's like a warm sensation on your inside. It's rejuvenation. Rejuvenation. You're coming alive. You're coming alive. You're coming alive. For some, you, you fed the flesh too much. You fed the flesh too much. The stature of that dead flesh has become too big. It is dead, but it is big. It is controlling your life, controlling your decisions, controlling your actions. He says, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. He says, the flesh is not the issue here. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. He didn't say, try to avoid the flesh. He's not inviting you to play games with the flesh. He's saying, just walk in the spirit. Leave the flesh alone. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. And I'm saying this as a word of power to someone. There is a transfer of that grace. Walk in the spirit. There is victory. There is victory over the hunger, the lust of your flesh. There is victory in this moment. There is victory. Yes, you've struggled. You've made resolutions. You've gotten accountability partners. You've just not seen that victory. I speak that word of victory over your life now. Walk in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. What a mighty God we serve. I feel like dancing. Joel 2, 23 says, Rejoice. It says, Rejoice in the Lord. He has given you the former rain moderately. Glory, 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 glory. It says, Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. How oh, you know someone who is full of the Spirit. They don't know how to worry. They don't know how to worry. And you're wondering, are we not living in the same city? Are we not watching the same news? Are we not in the same pandemic? No, 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 no. It's not the same. We are in the spirit, not of the flesh. Thank you, Father, for your word this evening. I agree with your sons and daughters that we come alive from this normal human existence, from being a mere man on the earth, a mere woman on the earth. We arise in the spirit. Someone listening to me, you're saying, well, I'm not even born again. From what you're saying, does it mean I'm dead? I know you're alive. You're breathing. You're probably healthy also. 
all right? You are healthy. I know you keep fit, you exercise, you do all of those things, all right? But there is an eternal destiny for you that is not guaranteed. And it is not God's desire that you will die in your sins. There's someone saying, well, I don't sin. I don't sin. I'm, I'm a good person. I just don't like religion. I don't like church. I see too much pretense. I don't like it. Yes, God sees your heart. But God is saying your good works, your good intentions, they are not good enough. He says the only thing that is good enough is the blood of his son. This is not an invitation to religion. This is not an invitation to structures of do's and don'ts. This is a call to a relationship. And I want to agree with you that you receive the life of God on your inside. You receive the life of God on your inside. The second group, you know that you've struggled with your flesh. And just as we read in scripture, God is saying that's not the problem. He's saying walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Father, I agree with your sons, your daughters under the sound of my voice. For as many were saying, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I want the life of Christ. I pray for them. That this evening, right now in this moment, as they acknowledge their sin, and you as their Savior, that you came for them, you died for them, you were buried for them, but you couldn't stay there. Death could not hold you down. On the third day, you rose again, victoriously, triumphantly, and that you are alive today in them. The power to live a life of victory over sin is released unto them. They are now part of your family. The joy of salvation fills them. Your spirit that does this work of convicting of sin, this regeneration, this rebirth process comes into them in the mighty name of Jesus. For as many who have struggled in the flesh, with the flesh, and they've seen no progress, now they see that they've been fighting the wrong battle. I pray for faith, for rest, and for peace. That that struggle is over. That struggle is over. They will rest in the victory that they have by the Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, jam your hands together and give the Lord a big praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you so much for staying with us. Thank you so much for staying with us. It looks like it's been a lengthy one. All right. Thank you for staying with us. Uh, we are sure that this word will profit you. This word will profit you. Fortunately, it's still going to be there online. You can revisit. You can revisit your notes and you can share. Please share. Let this word be a blessing to others. Praise God. As a, praise God. As a church, we love to give. All right. Every time we, we look for opportunities to give. Every time we are in his presence, we want to give. All right, and the avenues are probably on your screen. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give grudgingly. Give cheerfully. We give as a response to his love. He has given us all things freely. All right, and we come as a token of appreciation to give. Praise God. Praise God. Sunday is going to be wonderful. All right, invite someone to church. All right, send them that link. Invite them to church. It's easier than ever. All right, and I know we've missed physical gatherings. Uh, most governments are planning to reopen and it's going to be a phased plan definitely all right so as the information becomes clearer until then please let's keep being good responsible citizens all right wash your hand keep hygiene it's hygiene all right let's let this habit stay with us all right and then let's maintain physical distancing all right let's just follow what what the guidelines are 
All right. And I'm sure I will be alive. I'll be here on Sunday. Uh, you will be here by God's grace if Jesus tarries. I will be in good health. And you will be in good health. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, say, I am blessed. And I am a champion. Say it like you believe it. I am blessed. And I am a champion. Say, by me and through me, the Spirit of the Lord does great exploits in my world. We will hear your testimonies. We will hear your testimonies. And to those who have been sending in their testimonies, God bless you. I mean, some of them are just... But we are not shocked. These are the days of His power. Glory to God. Until we see you again on Sunday, keep basking in His love. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Fear not. Stuff. Load up yourself with the Word of God. Dance. Look for songs. Rejoice in your God. All right. And we will see you again. Remember, you're a champion. It is still our year of shining. All right. God bless you and see you soon.